I'm Molly, and you're listening to Zetus Lapidus, a Mammoth Club original podcast. What's up, all you pop stars and or holograms that are also pop stars? I'm Alan. I'm a hologram, but not a pop star. Oh, just a, okay. Okay. And I'm Max. Oh, and this is Zetus Lapidus. It is the podcast where we watch every Disney Channel original movie or DCOM in chronological order, and then spend way too much time analyzing them. This week, folks, we watched Pixel Perfect. What an introduction to the year 2004, everybody. Uh, kicking us off, new year, new me. New year, new <laughs> program. New year, new holograms. True. Ho- like th- We have to talk about this technology when we get to it. It is maddeningly inconsistent with what a hologram is defined to be. But Yeah, this is a science fiction movie. True. Like... By definition, I would say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say very little science. <laughs> yeah, a whole a whole lot of fiction. So the description of this film is as follows, everybody. A teen uses a holograph to create a pop star for his friend's band. True. What's a holograph? Straight to the point. Is that different than a hologram? Uh, I don't have a graphic image. I would say it's all... Probably synonymous or at least yeah. close to. It's not any of those things in reality, but. Yeah, I don't know what that was, but it was not a hologram or a holograph. It is. It, okay, let's see here. The preferred word is hologram. The dictionary defines a holograph as a handwritten document as in a holographic will or deed. What a holographer is someone who makes holograms. A holographer. I just learned that was a profession. That is a career you could I, have. I had no a idea. Holographer. What do you do for a living, Max? I'm a holographer. Wow, what a cool profession. Yes. The art of holography. Let's see. This movie was released. Roscoe is a holographer. Oh, That's true. wow, he was. That's mm-hmm. true. Hmm. I technically Roscoe's dad. No, Roscoe was 100% a holographer. He made that. He inherited. He made that. I, okay, okay, okay. Let's, we'll, we'll give him I don't flowers. Think that, I don't think holographer would mean, I could be misinterpreting, but I don't think it means creating the tech by which you would make a hologram. It would be the person that creates the hologram, and he undisputedly did that. You are correct. That's true. You are correct. Uh, this movie was released on January 16th of the year 2004, and I have to know, did either of you watch this movie as a kid? No. No. Yeah, same. Big. I didn't even know this movie existed until we started this um, this venture. I remember seeing the name of this film when we first started looking at these list of decoms in chronological order. You know what? Here we are. I didn't know this movie existed until three weeks ago. When, mm. when you looked at the list. When I looked at the list. Yeah. I. You know what? I actually. I think I'd heard of it before because the I may have the timeline mixed up, but the main character is going to go on to be in Phil of the Future, which was a pretty big Disney oh. Channel show. And Roscoe so I, or Samantha? Roscoe. I think Roscoe. he's Phil. Let's take it. Well, we can do, I have it right here. Let's take a peek. I'm, he's, he's clearly not a part of your Armageddon. He, yeah, he was in Phil of the Future as Phil Diffie. So I, I feel like I, I was aware this movie existed. Mm. Um, I don't know why, but. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. But no, I'd never seen it. Well. The top song of the time was Hey Ya by Outkast. Oh, my oh God. that's a what good a song. My baby don't mess around because she loves me so and this I know for sure. But oh. does she really want it? Then you can't see. Walk out the door. 
a fun thing. Think of a mom and dad for sticking two together because they both know how. Uh-oh. Shake it, shake it, shake it. A fun fact about that song is that comes from... Uh, let me make sure of this. Let me make sure of this before I start It's the speaker things. box and Is it from speaker the, box from and speaker Lopolo? box and yeah. Lopolo. Okay, so that was an album that I bought that I don't think my mom realized what I was buying uh-huh. because <laughs> I think she had heard Hey Ya and was like, Hey, right, that's a totally fine song great. to listen to. But I bought Speaker Box Love Below, which was an Outcast album where Speaker Box was Big Boy's CD. It came with two CDs. Yeah. And um, the Love Below was Andre 3000's. And Speaker Box was not family friendly. That is correct. But uh, I took it with me on a fa- our spring break trip was to Mexico that year. And I specifically remember laying poolside listening to speaker box in my headphones uh with my disc man and Ooh, being like oh yeah my mom cannot hear this That's right. <laughs> i hope my mom does not ask to listen to my cd right we now. hide this one in back <laughs> of the folder uh the top grossing film of this week was along came polly oh that ben stiller movie yeah it's jennifer aniston jennifer aniston ben stiller yeah i um what i had forgotten this? this movie existed 2004 january 16th of 2004 friends was just about to end Friends ends oh. in spring of 2004. We also missed Lord of the Rings, right? Yeah. Because when Full Court Miracle came it was like out, two that was November. Lord of the, the week before yeah. Lord of the Rings, and now this is after. I'm shocked that hmm. Long Came Polly could. It was, it, and it, it wasn't even really close, but I also don't think, and I can go back and look it up, but I didn't recognize any other films that had been released this week or in the past couple of weeks or even in the top five. Mm. So I was just, I'm just like, none of these look familiar. So I'm just going to pull it's along the and post play. Christmas release. January is notoriously a month where the worst movies get released. Yeah. Like if you are working on a movie and they say they're going to release in January, sucks probably not great for hey them. your movie's trash because yeah holiday <laughs> season's like a banger season mm-hmm. and then they're like no one's going in january so yeah uh, some news headlines of the time though the first of the mars exploration rovers the spirit rover had successfully landed on the martian surface with a very strong signal being received from the lander and um this is when they started to navigate with the Spirit Rover across Mars and begin to gather some data on the planet. That's the first rover that we landed? Mm-hmm. The wow. first of the Mars exploration rovers, yeah. Okay. So maybe this is the first one that could move. I believe so. Okay. Ah, big deal, though. Yeah. So, and then I actually followed up because this happened in early January and throughout the rest of January, there are news headlines of like the data that it gathered. Yeah, sure. But it was just the first one that arrived, which is really cool. Uh, in less, I guess, impactful worldwide news, Drake and Josh had premiered on Nickelodeon, one of the first sort of sitcom style. That's the yeah. global news you have? What are you talking about? That that's less impactful. So, were you big Drake and fucking... Josh, you you a big Josh Peck fan and, and Drake Bell fan? Steamos. How much do you interact with Mars on a daily basis? So frequently, I'm a, I'm a Mars. Yeah. I'd say more cultural impact. I'm a Mars stan. I've uh, never watched Drake and Josh. Well, you Neither. haven't. Neither have I. I've seen a couple of episodes. <laughs> Miranda Cosgrove was in that, right? Who showed up in School of Rock? I do like the movie School of Rock. Are you gonna teach us anything, or are we just gonna sit here? Just do whatever you want. I want to learn from my teacher. Besides that, I think also famously the weed on iCarly guys. Come on. <laughs> also we, true. I wasn't a, right now. I wasn't a Nick kid. Okay. Okay. I was. I, a, I was a Disney Channel it. kid, mm. and by this point, it. I'm in high school, so I'm watching like 
the OC. And sure, stuff like I, that. I agree. I'm no, just no, saying, no, like, no. let's put some respect on Miranda Cosgrove's name. I yeah. think I Carly. School of Rock mm. is a quite an accomplishment. I don't disagree, but she had a she was a lead on a whole series. Yeah. Yeah. True. All right, I, I don't want to I don't want to shame Miranda Cosgrove. And, and I'm going to share this with you, Molly. And I need you to not. And Max, frankly, I, I don't know what your affiliation with these uh, two individuals are, but. I need you both to hold it together because this is the month where Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez broke up. Well, they're back together now. That's so. true. Yeah, they are, aren't they? I think again. <laughs> You're, hey, guys, guess what? From 2004 I, to 2023. Th- there aren't a lot of celebrity couples that would impact my feelings mm-hmm. if they break up or not. Um, I was a I was a little sad when Chris Pratt and and Anna Faris broke up, mm-hmm. um, and I would be a little sad if Dax Shepard and Krista Bell broke sure. up. Ooh, um, but I can't really think of another celebrity couple that would impact impact you. my life. Really cause them some heartbreak for you. Yeah. Well. With that, folks, that is the the news headlines. Oh, the Obamas. I'd be devastated if the Obamas got divorced. They yeah. seem so lovely. They do. I want to have dinner with them. Hmm. That'd be a nice dinner. Probably won't happen. I couldn't tell you why. I mean, why not, Molly? You know, never say never, but they seem lovely. Yeah, I, I'm betting the Obama family is a big listener of Zeta Sapitas, a man with original podcast. They might be. Hey, Michelle, Barack, if you guys are listening, we'd love to have dinner. <laughs> Come on the show. Yeah. yeah. Tell which, us your favorite tea <laughs> Exactly. Which one do you want to talk about? Shoot, we'll even revisit an old one. Yeah. Like, hey. Uh, okay. Let's dive into Pixel Perfect, you two. This... From the jump, you just knew, I mean, even even without, you know, taking into account the title, you just knew from the jump, you were going to be getting a whole lot of computer, internet representation, perhaps uh, we're exploring it with new graphic visualizations. We're looking at it through a new lens uh, and it begins with Roscoe. What a name. Creating. Yeah. (laughs) And we hear it a lot with Roscoe creating a holographic cat. Definitely not a real cat. Definitely not a real cat with a projected pattern on its fur. Certainly not. It doesn't. It's it's a holographic cat that displays tiger stripes and then is in plaid and then jumps out a window to its demise. Well, yeah. a hologram, so. The, the rules of this are very confusing to me because this cat jumps through a window and disappears, but is then later back again. Whereas later, Roscoe will say to a different hologram, if you go out there, you're gone forever. Which. But it, like the cat did it. Did, did he just remake the cat? That's my question. Does he just remake the stuff? Because if he does, then he's got all of maybe. I don't know. Like the dad is aware of the cat. Maybe the dad wasn't aware of the, the hologram that it makes later Loretta. And so that's why he can keep remaking it. I don't know. The rules are very loosey goosey. I just, I, I think we're going to talk about it a lot, but none of the technology makes any sense. Not Absolutely not. It. it doesn't even make a lick of sense. It's, you just have to suspend all disbelief. Well, let me say, I, that's true. There's a lot of problems with the tech in this movie. But man, if this movie didn't call some things right on the fucking nose. Oh, yeah. uh, Particularly in the moment in time we are recording Mm -hmm. this podcast, Mm -hmm. this movie feels quite pertinent. And to think that it was recorded or it was made released 19 and a half years ago. 
they nailed it. I mean, like, not in execution of how, but like, they fucking nailed it. Mm-hmm. It was, some, there were moments in this where I was like, oh, this feels like a conversation I just saw a headline about. A hundred percent. And like, and, and, and in a lot of ways, right? Like, I, again, the tech doesn't make any sense, but man, like, whether it is, you know, a hologram of Tupac Shakur or it's Hatsune Miku doing a concert or it's VTubers or it's like this shit is happening all the time right now. And obviously there's a lot of conversation that I I think there's a really important moment in this movie to, to bring up some of what's happening right now. But dude, in in terms of just like realness and projecting the future as like a science fiction film, if you will, on the nose it it really really was so our, our our key players let's let's get into sort of who we have throughout this film we have roscoe and samantha are our primary leads uh human leads of this film roscoe is a boy genius they're, they're both 16 years old we get that established because roscoe is effectively samantha and her uh bands the what what is their band zeta bites zeta bites he's their driver and sort of do-it-all guy and hologram creator. Samantha is a guitar player. To her credit, I think the the she actually shows that she's kind of trying to play the guitar throughout, which was interesting. I think she's good. She's pretty good at playing the guitar. Hmm. I mean, you're talking about the actress, yes. But the let's let's be clear: the character is a very talented guitar player. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Correct. And and singer songwriter. Yeah. Mm. And the film opens with, you know, after we have this conversation where we we find out that Roscoe is a genius, he's creating holograms, he's using his dad's tech, right? He sort of retrofitted or worked with his dad's tech to make holograms. And he is going to meet Samantha, Sam, at a audition to be picked up or to be put in front of or play at a concert where there will be a record label represented. The 18 and under club. Mm-hmm. I loved the big sign that said 18 and under club so that it could be very clear. Like this isn't, this isn't a bar. We're not at a bar. We're not at a bar. <laughs> we are, guys, we're not at a bar. Did you think we're at a bar? We're this not. is an 18 and under club. And there was a sign to tell you that very important. You guys ever been to an 18 and under club or like a teen club? I no. almost went to one in Panama City beach one night and then we got there and they wanted to charge us like $35 of cover and we had no money and so we just left no no (laughs) no yeah you've made it to the gates we walked up to club uh was it club vila i think is the name of it in panama city beach and now i need to look yeah, I got a club V. Hold on, you listen. You're hearing the sound of three adults Google rapidly. Club V. It's not normally a uh, Panama City Beach Club La Vila permanently closed. Oh, it's not normally an 18 under club, but they had like 18 under night. Ah, okay. and I was there on a family vacation. They had an 18 under night, and I was going. And then we got to the door, and they were charging a very high cover, and I had no money. And so we didn't go. Oh, and that's the end of that story. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. I just love how there's an entire section of this that says club. La Vila has been the subject of several run-ins with the authorities. <laughs> and Good. there's an entire Good. section. Of- I didn't have anything to do with that. Well, yeah, For hey. legal reasons. 
I left. I couldn't afford cover. <laughs> so, so I wasn't there. So I bailed. Yeah. So they're at this 18 under club. They are auditioning. They're one of two bands that we actually see audition. The other is less a band, more of a girl group. And I have to say, they're pretty talented. This Very trio, talented. pretty darn talented. But before they're even able to get through, you know, the bridge of their song, the, I don't know if you guys got this vibe from the, the owner or the manager of the club. Hella creepy. For at least that's the vibe I got. He's like, all right, you're going to need to stop. He had a bad British accent listener. It was very bad. You're going to need to stop. I don't care how good you sound. It's all about how you move. I just liked him going, not funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Coke. No, he seems like a really like he's he is the embodiment about 16 years ahead of time of John Mulaney's impression of Mick Jagger. Like, yep. it, is, <laughs> yep. it was that where he was like, stop singing. Need more Britney. Gotta dance or you leave. No. No. Yeah. To and the, to the moist toilets. He said, t- yeah. T- and to answer your question, Alan. Yeah. I think any 65 year old man whose job is to judge teen girls is creepy creepy yeah yeah i think on the face of it yeah not not great great. so his entire shtick is that you can be talented you can make great music you can sing you can write well but that's not what music is about baby music is about movement the dance you gotta dance you gotta bring some action to the stage so these three this trio goes back and says, all right, we're going to host some auditions. Roscoe sort of disappears to go do his own thing in this time. Do you think that that was true of the early to mid 2000s? Because huh. I got to be honest, I kind of do. Like, let's see. You've got NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. You've got. It's a, it's a little wait for those guys. Well, no, no 2000. That's like Millennium album, I think, was probably like two years earlier than that. And that was like Backstreet Boys' heyday. Was it in high school? It feels so late for those guys to be big when I was in high school, but I could be wrong. Was somebody like trying to discover the next version Let of those Let me say people? this. Listen, this is not shade to Britney because Britney's had an amazing career, very talented, has, has produced a lot of great music. But let me just say that like, I remember this much later, uh, five years later, a friend went to see Britney and was like i i we talked about it and there was this acceptance of like yeah she lip syncs some most of the songs at the concert Hmm. and i was like oh that's as a musician i was like that's weird to me that you want to go see this person live knowing they're going to lip sync and they were like yeah but it's the dance it's the performance like she couldn't possibly sing it. And like, I get it. Like, I, I'm not here to throw shade of lip syncing. It's just that like, that to me shows where the value is. Right. The, like show. the value is in the show and the performance, mm-hmm. not in the actual singing and musical ability, you're lip syncing. Right. And so I think that is what this is talking about. I, that makes sense. you're right. We're a little, we're like, four ish years past the NSYNC Backstreet Boys heyday. But this also reminds me of this very funny TikTok I saw recently where it's this guy that's like, don't you miss average looking pop stars? And he goes on a whole thing and he's like, Phil Collins could be your uncle. And he writes 
banger songs like true no shade to phil collins he's like but like look at what me like it was really the the tiktok's hilarious but like he's just like back in the like 70s 80s every like even early 90s everyone was just like average looking there wasn't a whole he talked about how there's not a whole production and costumes and like he's like people just showed up in t-shirts and recorded banger songs and like that's what it was about and now it's about like the stage and the costumes and the dancing and the production and it's the whole like he's like don't you just miss like pop stars that look like they could be your parents yeah (laughs) i i just uh, you know whatever you enjoy and enjoy that thing i i i'm not here to care about whether you prefer a a big grandiose performance or a singer songwriter but i do think it's an interesting commentary especially when at the end of this film you're going to see her play an acoustic set and that is sort of a mirror to what's being told is like popular music at the time and i i guess i just wonder aloud in this moment then we can move on is like is this real commentary on what the music industry was in that moment or is it just sort of like fabricated that's always the conversation of the music industry. Ultimately, what happens, though, is that these girls decide with Samantha sort of at the lead that they need to update their image by bringing on another member. And that member needs to bring a certain degree of talent or performance to the show to try to enhance what it is they're already doing. And we get treated to a variety of talents. Two of my favorites were, of course, the Schlam Poetry that we had love that she listener she compares her life to three uh distinct items a library book a math exam and a bad school lunch it's very 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 narrow focus here and then of course we have uh, a luck of the irish return Mm. with some with some clogging step dancing i would would like to add to my favorite things list in teen movies is the audition montage oh it's Mm. good i love the audition montage like obviously we've seen it already in some decoms like like gotta kick it up but famously i think of like bring it on i think of pitch perfect i just love an audition montage especially because they'll go so far (laughs) to show bad and they're always (laughs) ridiculous 100 percent God, it's it's just oof. And then Roscoe shows up. Well, Roscoe shows up to watch this, but specifically Roscoe invites somebody who's not on the list to to audition. And this is Loretta. And Loretta begins to uh, to uh, dance. Sort of interpretive dancing. <laughs> she starts with like one leg in the air, <laughs> as high as it can go, and then she does some like. A lot of floor work. A lot of floor it's a work. Lot of floor work. Feels like there's plenty of pop stars to base some choreography off of here, but instead, very interpretive. Uh, and and we find out later, right, that Roscoe has based Loretta off of a a pell mell of actual references, be they people or uh, models or whatever images he's, he's found theoretically he could have found people who can dance but instead he is he has opted for as you mentioned max interpretive dance mm-hmm. uh which listen the zeta bites love i didn't actually see if he gave her any inspiration from dancing but i could have missed that part i saw a lot of singing That's true. uh factors and then i saw body part uh inclusions mm-hmm. we see those broken down later but I never actually saw where she got her dancing abilities. 
You know what? Maybe that's just all Loretta, baby. Feels like Britney Spears exists in canon since she's referenced. You could have gotten a Britney and a Christina video and you could have been rolling. 100%. I mean, even the Navril. We see an Avril picture on Sam's wall. Real opportunity to call back to Gotta Kick It Up and, and uh, <laughs> reference our, our star dance team. And the girls are like, yes, we love Loretta. Let's bring her on board. And they go to, I think it's like shake her hand or have some sort of physical contact and they fall through her. And they, of course, is Sam. And this is when the crew finds out that Loretta is a holograph. Mm-hmm. She's been speaking like a robot the entire time, but mm-hmm. they've they've sort of written that off as a personality quirk up until this moment. And she is a holograph who is now there to sort of be the front person of their band. And they're they're I guess okay with it in the moment. I didn't get a real sense of like we hate this. It was like, yeah, this is a, this is okay. Sure. Best option we got. She can learn anything and everything. We've got Roscoe on the coding side of the house. Let's make it happen, Captain. The the really wild part about the discovery is when Roscoe tries to explain it to the to the to the band they all go back to his house which is I mean Roscoe and his family are loaded let's just say that. single parent kind of by the way yeah I had suspicions up until this point but then they confirm it in a little bit mm-hmm. yeah Roscoe just with his dad no mom present uh, dad is loaded if you're looking at the house and the sort of tech they've got there and he's explaining how Loretta and any hologram they create has to stay inside or within a enclosed space because of how the light is refracting by running a number of different programs and algorithms in order to keep her there. But if she goes outside, she disappears forever. Enter cat we've seen before. I have a lot of science questions. Please hit me. I don't know much about holograms. But I wasn't under the impression that a hologram could make any decisions of its own. <laughs> Interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Good point. I think, I think okay, to, to answer your first question, let's, let's separate technologies. There's a hologram that's giving physical form. It is also established that she is AI. Okay. And so the part that is uh, bringing in data from the internet and then uh, expounding on that is AI. AI. Okay. So she's basically vision. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong, but I, without uh, without uh uh like physical form. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's a hologram whereas vision is a robot, but Correct. they're both AI. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You can't be in love with either one. Well, they can't love you back. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, agree. they That's don't, true. they don't know that feeling. They can, st- I mean, All they right. know the feeling, but they can't of, experience the I, feeling. I have a lot of opinions on WandaVision. Yeah, and, we know. And I, yeah. I, I don't care for Vision, which is my Marvel controversial uh-huh. opinion. Uh-huh. And, uh, I accept that she's AI. Yep. Does AI work like this in 2004? Oh, or definitely, definitely not in 2004. Absolutely. Or now? Now, now though, yeah, kind it's, of. It's like, getting there. It's it's an interesting... It If you're thinking about something like ChatGPT, mm-hmm. ChatGPT does... It's, it's an interesting allegory, and I'm here's the example. When later in the movie, Loretta says, I wrote my own song. Yeah. And all that is is a, is a mashup of a lot of really popular lyrics... 
That's kind of like what ChatGPT does in a, in a very simplified way, where it scrubs the internet for examples of the thing and then builds you something based off of those examples in a very simplified way. Yeah, but uh, that's true. But AI today, ChatGPT today, is actually more advanced, whereas she is creating by literally copying and pasting individual lyrics to make one song. ChatGPT will create. Now, it creates based on patterns. It says songs should have this type of rhyming scheme or should have this many syllables and should um, and it will take ideas from other places, but it will create new based on known patterns and what it recognizes. So it doesn't just copy and paste it. Our AI in terms of that is actually more advanced than what we see here. Mm -hmm. But like I've had friends be like, hey, chat GPT. I'm going to, I had a friend be like, hey, I'm going on a trip to Spain. This is what we like to do. We like uh, these kind of activities. This is how old everyone in our group is. Give us an itinerary and mm -hmm. chat GPT will. And what you're telling me is that chat GPT probably searched the internet for everything you can do in this city and then copy and paste it and put it together. 100%. Yeah. yeah. And then you could essentially give it feedback, right? So she is in some ways unbelievably complex because of the ideas she expounds and in other ways, unbelievably simple, like when they say she's from Antarctica and then without any social understanding, she just spits out facts about Antarctica. Right. So the thing that cannot happen probably with the robots taking over the world is that the robots don't have emotions. Currently, that's true. Yeah. that. Uh, and this, uh -huh. is, this is bringing me back to smart house. Uh -huh. Where again, AI. Pat and uh, Loretta express the desire to want to love or feel or touch or sure. connect with human beings on a an emotional level. Yes, I do. Robots do that. Does it? Does Chat GPT want to be my friend? Currently, mm. Chat GPT does what it is programmed to do. And so if you told it to express desire to be your friend, it could express that desire, but it's doing that because you told it to express that desire, not because it has an internal It's not going to think on its own brain, I should be this person's Currently. friend. Currently. There are, there are <laughs> The robots will take over. I understand. Yeah, 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 yeah. There are areas of study in artificial intelligence that, like, effectively after the AI... Uh, under its parameters have existed for so long they begin to ask those types of questions however i don't know enough of the detail nor am i not nor am i smart enough to be able to understand or interpret that yeah. i just it's just here here's my less complex question yeah where the fuck is her voice coming from? I somebody oh. explain to me where the audio is coming from. I, she is light. She, I, I'm. I, I, let's let's forgive the fact that holograms need projection, and seemingly she can just be projected in any space, no matter where light or dark <laughs> there is. Or I, 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 I'll forgive all of it. Where the fuck is her sound coming from? Dude, I don't know. What that a is good such question. A good question. I I literally just everything else I had suspended for so long I hadn't even considered that. Because it's not like it's coming from his little laptop because sometimes he's not there. Correct. 
I mean, and if he is there, he's far enough away to where it would sound like the voice was coming from elsewhere because the speaker would have to be in her mouth. That is right, moving. But she's, she's a hologram, not a robot. Exactly. That's a good point. It's crazy. I, excellent question, Max. No answer at all. That's that's my I'll forgive all the white because she's a hologram. And so I'll accept that she has to be made of white. Her having a voice. I can't handle. It's wild. But we have Loretta join the band. He joins the... Sh- oh, sorry. She, let me... Let me... Uh, yeah, sorry. No, go on, go on, let go me on. just say... Uh, what, just one more thing. She doesn't need a voice. I understand that as a <laughs> character, you want her to have a voice. But this movie would be fine if she fucking lip-synced and Sam sang the song. That would be better. They don't care about... Like, they don't ever say, Sam, you can't sing. They say, you need to be able to move. If he just made a hologram that danced on the stage and lip synced to Sam's music, that would be fine. That would actually be more interesting. And I think it would drive the point home more that we're going to get to at the end of like who owns things because it's like Larissa is the image, but it's Sam's voice. So who gets the credit? Like, it could. No, it's like it's like that Friends episode where Phoebe writes Smelly Cat. Right. And they want to use it uh, and they want to produce it, but they want to use uh, someone else's voice with Phoebe's body. And Phoebe won't do it because uh, the person who's singing isn't getting the credit. Like Mm -hmm. it it could be a similar situation. 100 percent. I it would be. There are lots of crazy decisions that this movie makes, (laughs) Um, but I agree that I think that it would be a stronger film if Sam was always the one singing. The the difficulty comes in the fact that Loretta needs to express human emotion out loud to drive a AI human love interest plot right. line You're that so we have. Right. So she has to talk. Can we I say one more thing that. about her talking? The way she talks is so inconsistent throughout this movie. Mm -hmm. Sometimes she talks like a regular person, and then sometimes she talks like a robot person when she's like, Antarctica is the coldest planet on Earth. And it's like, but sometimes she's just like talking like this and doing it, and then she'll be like, the... Hawks are up three to four in the second quarter. And you're like, what is going on? Like she goes between robot and human. Yep. It's, it's maddeningly inconsistent, but Hey, so is the tech expressed in this movie. What's important is Loretta joins the Zeta bites. Sam, not the biggest fan of the joining of the Zeta bites. And it's unclear if it's because of the attention that Loretta is getting initially, or if it's because from sort of the fans, or if it's because now Roscoe is spending all of his time sort of doting on. And by doting on, of course, I mean programming and reprogramming Loretta. Or is it because it's a fake person joining the band? Probably a little bit of all three. I couldn't really catch. You know, like, because I would be like, it's a f- like, she's kind of like, oh, she's not real and she's going to be in our band. Like, feels like a little bit of it is like. I I got my main read was jealousy of Roscoe's attention. I do think that's number one. And then and then I did read in that, like, by the way, I think Sam's best character in this film. hundred percent. No question. Best character in the film. Um, I also read that, like, Sam is seeing a fake hologram um get credit for 
and appreciated for the thing that Sam made Mm -hmm. and that Sam is not being appreciated. Like Sam's like, I did that. Why can't you just appreciate like the theme of this movie is like, appreciate me for, for my faults Mm -hmm. and appreciating people for their faults and for the whole of them. And Sam is seeing, Oh, well when a pretty girl with a perfect voice sings my thing, you love her. I'm not good enough. It's, there's a lot of the, that's why the movie title, right? Pixel perfect that there's a lot of that exploration happening throughout here as well. So we have the first, it's not really an audition. The band, the Zeta is playing at the sort of the school function, uh, where they replace the band infectious measles that was going to play. Names, what a band name. The names in this movie are mm-hmm. something. moist toilets. Sorry. The band's name is moist Towelettes. but they call them moist toilets. What would our band name be? If we had like an early two thousands emo mm-hmm. pop punk kind a good of band? question. Oh, we think about that one for a minute. Yeah. Let's, let's digest. We'll circle back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mull that over. Yeah. yeah. While we mull it over, let's talk about the camera choices that they make throughout this entire film when they are specifically when the band, the Zeta bites are on stage and the focus is intended to be Loretta. And I'm putting this in quotes, listener dancing, which is really just her gyrating across the stage flips on a drum she does like three backflips the (laughs) standing backflips are and you just see you see roscoe the first time sort of like punch a couple of buttons on his way too small laptop and make her do a standing double backflip i have some more follow-up questions about the tech i'm coming back Uh no one's allowed to touch her roscoe says that right roscoe says We'll be good as long as no one touches her because we've seen what happens. You go right through her. Tell me, what's the difference between a stool touching her and me touching her? Well, I think the... I I asked the same question to myself in the moment, Molly, but I would argue to you that her projection is simply uh, being projected as if she were stepping on the stool, but that she never actually lays foot upon the stool. That... It only looks like she's stepping on the stool okay. when really her hologram being projected from God knows where <laughs> is being made to appear <laughs> that it's on the stool. Okay, she's, so she's got a pea-sized camera that she, just has she does all a, everywhere. She, she does a lot of stool choreography. She does. And she jumps on the drum set and flips off of it. Are you trying to tell me he's programming that from his tiny laptop? The question that I would ask uh, to, to aid in yours and that I don't actually remember, dear listener, let us know, is if she ever moves the stool. Ooh. That's the question. If, if the stool never moves, then theoretically her projection could just go around it. Yeah, it right? doesn't matter. But point. does in her choreography, because she does, to your point, do a lot of stoolography. Mm-hmm. Um, does she ever move another see item? If I can uh, find the answer and come back. But yeah, I just was like, what's the difference? Obviously, if you touch her, you would realize she's not real. Mm-hmm. But like, or your hand could go like through her. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering how nothing else is going through her and also how like, it just I, it, none of it makes sense. None of it makes any sense. I, it, I, yeah. I was thinking too hard about it, perhaps. Also, uh, sorry, we're. I, I know I keep stopping us here. Why is it a trend in decoms that they can't match up words to mouths, dude? Because it happens so this many times. Whole movie. I mean, I know that they're doing ADR with the singing, but 
why on earth can they not match lips to, to, to voices? I just, I don't understand. Baffling. Not only that, but they also have one of the top five worst dubs later. Oh, yeah. It's really, really bad. I don't know the answer to that question. It's, it's maddening. I guess the best way to describe these next couple of scenes, and we can stop and, and explore them as, as deeply as you wish, we have Roscoe Falls in Love, is what I sort of refer to this uh -huh. section as, where Roscoe's taking photos of uh, Loretta to try to determine if, you know, if she's filmed or she has photos taken of her, we have to compensate for that. So let's let's do some planning. Let's try to get, get you... Uh, get it to where we take the photo you actually all appear uh we find that he has to work through that uh he takes loretta on a double date to try to save his dad's job yeah there's a weird b plot about his dad's job that we didn't need i think that's a that's a d plot at best unbelievably is... inconsistent when we first meet dad with the cat he is dismissive of roscoe's interest he um scolds him for using his tech and there's this conflict between like dad's work and the tech and roscoe wanting to be creative with it and then roscoe finds out that his dad's job is in jeopardy and he can bribe a student to convince his mom to keep his dad so dude that thing's a long way around but this is basically just the way to get loretta out in public and need to interact with somebody that's not in on it you know what we haven't talked about yet and we need to we absolutely need to talk about this loretta's holographic containment unit oh her little capsule the the impetus for this being a plot point is that <laughs> god roscoe can't have his dad discover loretta because of the aforementioned dismissiveness towards his cat work and in order to do that, he stores Loretta in a metal cylindrical tube that has two, two functions, full and empty. Uh, it is full when Loretta is uploaded into it. It is empty when Loretta is out and about, but somehow still supplying her power. And that vessel plays a function throughout this entire movie. And it, its purpose is incredibly inconsistent, but can range from where she goes to bed, because that's what it's called, or if it goes too far away from her, she begins to make errors, or like the error rate of her functionality increases, or something of that nature, mm -hmm. where she begins, you know, like we see in this double date scene, developing three pairs of lips, and that was holding up a hand with an ear coming out of it. I liked this part. Because I liked that there's one guy sitting across the restaurant and he sees her with all her lips and he's like, he starts spinning up his cheeseburger and he's like, Hor and I'm just like imagining if I was at a restaurant and I looked over and saw some chick with three lips and like a hand with mm -hmm. an ear on it, what my reaction would be. He was probably looking at your burger like he was drugged, like he did. That is what he did. He, he assumed that there was, he was hallucinating. He was like, are there mushrooms in this burger? Um... Sam and, and Roscoe are having this conflict. It's, it's now when we begin to know, listener and viewer of the film, that Sam has feelings for Roscoe. That becomes, it's been sort of subtextual up until now, and now it is overt. Mm -hmm. Sam has feelings for Roscoe. And 
Roscoe is oblivious. He's really sort of just blind to this. Well, he's, he's blinded by his love for his artificial intelligence holographic creation, I should say. And he really quite stupidly asks Sam to, to take care of Loretta because he can't take it home. There's been an error out in public. He can't take it home. Dad knows he's been messing with the program. Can't take Loretta home. So Sam takes Loretta to her house, and then they're supposed to bond. Uh-huh. And then we got an interaction between Loretta and Sam over homework. And it's not the full interaction, but it's when Loretta, Sam, and Roscoe are all together, and there's an altercation occurring, and... I'm just going to say it. Loretta calls Sam fat? It made me... She sure does. ...so mad. I snapped to attention because I forgot that we were in the uh, era of life where the media just really made women feel terrible all the time. Mm -hmm. And you haven't really seen this in DCOMs, which is, I think, why I paid attention to it because it was very prevalent in other things I was watching around this time. Everyone on the OC is super thin and hot. Everyone like it was all over magazines, blah, blah, blah. But you don't, we haven't really seen this kind of commentary in a decom. Sam says to Loretta something like, yeah, you might know everything, but you're not, you'll never learn anything. Like you'll never be a human, whatever. You're just a bunch of uh, programming. And Loretta says, well, you're just a bunch of water and organs and chemicals and skin around you water and chemicals is what she said to her maybe she says chemical compounds i'm trying to find where she puts pounds in and then she says maybe a few too many pounds yeah and i was like flabbergasted by that because we again have not heard that in a decom and sam is very thin Mm -hmm. like it's not even remotely a possibility that you would think anything other than she is very, very thin. Once again, I'm, I am confused by this movie. Like I am with many decoms as to how I'm supposed to feel about Loretta because I find Roscoe wholly unlikable in the way he treats Sam Mm -hmm. in the way he treats his dad who. We establish his dad as being uncaring and uninvested one time with the cat. And then the rest of the film, the dad's like, let me be involved. Let's do this together. I want to help. And Sam's an ass to him. Or Sorry, Roscoe is an ass to him. Roscoe's a jerk. I find him wholly unlikable. Loretta is not nice. I don't like Loretta either. But we're supposed to be sympathetic to her too. I I don't understand the writing of these characters and I don't understand what I'm supposed to feel for them. Sam is definitely the most sympathetic character, but they push her to the back in favor of investing more in Roscoe and Loretta, who I find to be not likable characters. Mm-hmm. It's a mystifying choice that we are supposed to like those two characters. Or I, I like maybe if I want to give... The writers, and there's no credit, I mean, whatever. Maybe it's supposed to be to like highlight Samantha's plight that she's being shoved into the background because that's what's happening in the, like what's happening in the movie is she's being shoved to the background. So that's what's happening in the writing as well. Like, I don't know if it's intended to mirror. I don't know if I'm giving the writers too much credit there, but it is bananas. I, I, I think I feel like Loretta should be 
And I don't know what the deal is with this actress, if they're trying to like make her a lead, a star, whatever, right? But I feel like Loretta should be more utility in this film than a lead. She should be there to serve the Sam Roscoe plot, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. not as a lead character. And there's 20 minutes of this film I would cut out that is Loretta as a lead character. Yeah. That it, that makes the story and themes weaker. I, I don't mind Roscoe being a conflicted, hard to like character. If I watch him go through that journey in a compelling way with Sam and with technology, it's because you're also trying to establish the AI and make me feel sympathetic for a love story. I, I don't give a shit about any of that. I agree. The, the difficulty that this movie faces is like, we only need two people. Uh, I couldn't agree more. We go to an audition now. So we've had the school band sequence, and now we are going to take Zeta Bites on, uh, not on the road, but we're going to take them back to where they had their original audition. The with, teen club. Yeah, the teen club with John Mulaney as Mick Jagger. And they're going to audition for him because he needs to see some movement. But it's not just him because. The world's hottest music producer is going to show up at this concert series. P. Diddy. I mean. Daryl. Daryl. <laughs> is his name Daryl? It's. It is. It's Daryl Fibs, right? D. Fibs? It's D. Fibs. Yeah. But yeah. He, they, they called him the notorious D. Fib. And I was like, guys, <laughs> let's not call the rapper notorious in it's this not, movie. Biggie doesn't want it's to be not, involved. Let's, yeah, let's, let's leave Biggie out of it. And this is after uh, <laughs> Sam has sung to Roscoe the song she wrote for him, being like, I love you, you dummy. She, she already sang that after the, the fight with, with Loretta. Also, and, controversial, maybe. I don't know. I think Sam has a better voice. I think Sam has a really good voice. I don't think that's controversial. I mean, I agree. I don't know about you. It's less poppy. I I agree. I prefer it as well. But one is made to sound like pop music. Yeah. And one is a singer-songwriter, more like acoustic. Yeah. Yeah. And I I certainly have preference for sure. But instead um, instead of Sam doing the singing of the song that she wrote for Roscoe, Loretta takes that song and sings it super poppy at this teens club. And they get picked for, up for the by record, Defibs. The teen club I went to was called The Pit. Oh. Oh. The Pit. The Pit. I didn't go to a teen club, so. Just wanted to share that. The Pit. I had to look it up. The Pit. Yeah, so we have this talent scout come in and effectively be like, hey, we're going to pick you up. It's going to be great. And we we get... A little bit of a montage sequence of the band becoming famous, Loretta getting more attention. There's even a billboard of like Loretta. What is her last name? Modern. Yeah, Loretta Modern and the Zeta Bites. I think there's possibility we're going to skip over something that I think is important. Maybe it's happening all around the same time. There's a point where Sam goes to Roscoe's house and Roscoe isn't there yet. That that does happen around this time. You're right on the spot. And uh, she sees some things on his desk. And it's like a bunch of CDs of um, female artists who 
I didn't recognize any of them. I think mm. they're all made up. Um, yeah. But like they all had sticky notes with percentages on them. And she's like, oh, so this is where Loretta's voice came from. It's like 14% this person, 20% this person, blah, blah, blah. Then she finds a folder and it's of different women, mostly um, like models and advertisements. And it's like her, like he's got sticky notes that are basically like this woman's hair, this woman's teeth, this woman's lips, whatever. And amongst that, I have a problem with that in of itself because sure, of advertisements are all photoshopped and fake and of those course. are not what real women that, or anyone look like. It's also the point. Yeah, well, of writer. course, that is the point. Uh, so that's bad enough. And Sam's like, oh, you modeled her after a, you know, a fake depiction of what beauty should be. Then Sam finds pictures of herself and the notes on those are things like uh, at one point, like he's like use Sam's whatever body part and then he crosses it out eyes eyes he crosses out using her Mm. eyes there's ones where he's like maybe her shoulders question mark there's one where he was gonna use like 30 percent of something of sam and then he crosses it out and makes it like 10 Mm percent so sam realizes that not only did roscoe use parts of her to make her nemesis at this point and make this fake Mm -hmm. robot person but he also didn't like her enough or consider her perfect enough to use more of her. Sure. So she confronts him and she yells at him and she's like, what part of me did you use? And he's like, your ears. I I think the line that she says, just to emphasize how impactful I think this moment is, Molly, is she says, what did you use? What about me was good enough to keep? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that's that's a big line for the movie, I think, right? Like, what about me was good enough is is a thing. Another one of the themes of this film, again, is like being good enough that they start with with Sam and his dad. Or sorry, God, I keep doing that. With Roscoe and his dad, but then that falls apart uh, because we don't actually get any more conflict with dad throughout the film. But then it's definitely present with Sam and Roscoe. Um, and yeah, ears. I, I wish they had made this point more and again, done less Loretta stuff and Mm -hmm. focused more on the Sam, not feeling good enough or not feeling good being compared to a literal, perfectly created Mm -hmm. being and things. Because I think as a 30 something year old woman, you feel that at least I do sometimes, Mm -hmm. but certainly as a high schooler, you, uh, in this time of the world and media you certainly feel like i'm never going to be good enough i remember being a teenager looking at advertisements and shows like the oc and laguna beach and Brittany and christina and looking at these women being like they're so perfect i will never look like that and i think they could have knowing the audience of a decom could have made this point better the angle is is so strange as you talk about that i think about the angle they took on this which is roscoe's perspective which can almost come across, especially because of the way they did it, it can almost come across as like, I won't, I, what I want is perfection. I fall in love with perfection. And it's only when I realize that's not possible for me to have that I'll settle for less than that. Oh, uh, justice for Sam. This- versus, versus empowering like what we as humans as whole people bring. And that there's more value in that. It's like he falls in love with a fucking robot and 
only when it gets beaten into his head that like she's not real she can't convey that to you does he realize like oh i guess i'll settle and then the end of the movie gets really weird and like maybe she could be real i don't fucking know about Dude, all that, that, shit. that but look, like anyway we're not there yeah yet. that exists in its own um, pocket of like what the fuck i 100 percent agree molly it's that i really wish that loretta or that loretta was utility in this film simply a like solution to the problem of we need a dancer that then brought up these questions but ultimately we invested in the two main players versus her becoming a lead it would be interesting if like i'm gonna rewrite the the movie a little bit Uh using that i'm a yes and you loretta is utility but still roscoe is infatuated by her because she is beautiful and she is seemingly perfect. But then maybe he tries to joke with her and she can't joke because Mm -hmm. she's AI or he tries to remember that time we did this. He realizes what Sam brings to the table and realizes that it's more fun to be around Sam Mm -hmm. and all of their, you know, perfect imperfections kind of thing, as opposed to, like you said, like settling and only going to Sam when, Loretta isn't an option. Like I wish that he had realized that, Oh, actually all along, I liked this thing about Sam Mm -hmm. more than this robot. The only thing is that he can't touch her. Right. I think if he could touch her, I think if, I think if If, she was vision and not hologram, he'd be fucking that robot. A hundred percent. If he could have sex with the robot, (laughs) hundred percent, he would never go to Sam. hundred percent, which is a fucking crazy, but that's true. That's a hundred percent my read. And that's, that is, I a hundred percent agree with you. And like, that is what's wrong with the movie. This is the point of the movie at this, at this performance is the point of the movie where I, Picked up my controller and I said, how much this fucker is left? Because I thought it was progressing so slowly. I thought the pacing of this movie was very bad. And I think that's because they're spending too much time on Loretta. And if they cut 20 minutes out of this film, that the pacing of this movie would be better. Yes. I I literally... did the same exact thing. We we're like, we're, yeah. we're th- oh, we're 48 30. minutes in was okay. the, was the time because I was halfway. It was like 48 minutes and I had another 45 and I went, damn, this thing is an hour and a half long. Mine was about oh 37 or so when I, when I checked that. So we have this moment after all the montage goes through with Loretta getting popular where they're at the recording studio and you've got Defib out here trying to record the audio. Defib is thinks Loretta's perfect because, of course, she is because she's a program. And we have the other girls, the Zeta Bites, not doing well, not harmonizing well, being flat, whatever. And he, this is when you first hear it mentioned from Defib. They're like, "This is the future of artists. This is exactly what we're going for. Eventually, everybody's going to want to be like Loretta." And that is another line I had an issue with and could play into what I think should be the stronger theme of the movie. He says, she's so cool. She's so hip. Everybody's going to want to be like her. She's perfect. And I'm like, that is not what teenagers should want to be like. Mm-hmm. That is specifically not what teenage, like teenage girls should not look up to this hologram fake person and be like, that's what I want to be. Right. So I had big issue with that line. I think it could have been used better, but it, I mean, this movie's, okay so far and it, it really falls apart at the end in my opinion. Oh, it, it, <laughs> it really it's falls apart shambles. and one of the characters that falls apart in my opinion is defibs uh-huh. um we'll get to it we'll get well, to it. we'll get there so defibs 
turns to Rod. I just I want to comment on this because it made me chuckle and like the and just like the most what the fuck way possible. Defibs turns to Roscoe and is like, "Hey, keep my girls safe." Gives him a little double butt tap and then mm-hmm. walks out of the studio. And I was like, "What <laughs> is happening right now that this is appropriate in any way, shape, or form?" Um, and this is when Dad discovers Loretta. And dad is fascinated. And then we get this weird plot point that has not come up at all just yet. Uh, And it's Roscoe and dad now have conflict for five minutes because Roscoe thinks he's only interesting to his dad. Basically how I interpret it. He's only interesting to his dad when it's the work is interesting. And dad wants to be partners and Roscoe used Loretta to save dad's job. And dad views it as like, no, that's your work. It's not Loretta didn't say my job. Your work did like dad is trying to be invested. And Roscoe's like, no, dad's celebrating the work that Roscoe did. A hundred percent. I, again, this doesn't make any damn sense. I wrote down in this moment when we see them at the studio, I'm like, wait a minute. She's famous. Now we're openly talking about her as a hologram. But earlier, we were trying to keep the hologram tech hidden from dad because maybe we shouldn't be doing this. But now, like, she has a contract question mark and, like, the public knows she's a robot. She glitched on stage. And where is dad? And then the next thing we see is dad being like, this is amazing what you made. And I was like, oh, so all that conflict is just gone. Doesn't matter. And now dad's like, no, this is great, but we can do better and I'll work with you. And... And Roscoe's like, no, it's it's perfect what I made. And he's like, yeah, she's fine. But like what you did is unbelievable. Like celebrating this effort and talent that Roscoe is showing. And he's like, you don't appreciate me, dad. Because he wants to fuck the hologram and he's not able to. (laughs) Yeah, he's blue balling from not being able to bone light. And yeah, and dad, this is the first time where we get a grounded message of like, she's not real. Yeah. Yeah. This is the first time where you get like dad being like, no, 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 that's light. You did something amazing. Yeah. She's just a fucking projection. And what does what does Roscoe do? Roscoe goes to Loretta and is and goes to her for comfort, which she can't fucking provide because she is a program and light. And what she does do instead is she's like, I want to leave. I don't want to be here anymore. I want to go outside. She is an AI program now attempting to express independence. Could an AI program do that? Currently, no. no. Kind of, kind of. Why would it ever do that? It's a robot. There are some. Or it's fake. There is, there's one We're known, getting deep in AI. We're getting super deep. And I'll keep it very, very high level. And I'm going to keep it super simple because that is about as well as I know it. I, I'm not smart enough to be able to express it well. There is at least one known program that I have read an article about where at a certain point, the AI in question, which was a part of like a, a, a effectively a robot that was like, that began asking questions about existence, but our, our, arguably it was programmed to do that too. True, I it's hard to say within the is the, the question becomes is it acting within the parameters of what its builders have programmed it to do, or is it beginning to work outside of those parameters? Yep, Molly well, is processing. Roscoe wants to fuck that hologram. I don't think he would program it to want to leave. True. Well, she begins to question her existence. She wants to go outside. She wants to go to Japan. Uh, same girl and. She uploads herself in the internet. All I could think about was, 
I can't wait to hear what Max has to say about yeah, the internet. Let's talk about this sequence, and then I just, I'm going to explain the sequence, and then you can just go in, pal. So, listener, she uploads herself on the internet. We get some fantastic representations of what the internet is like, mainly with a trucker uh, the by the name engine. of Search Engine. And she is taken everywhere where she is detected as a virus. She goes and she she gets sent via email, and she winds up in Sam's inbox. Now, that's a very abridged version of what occurs. Max, tell me what you thought. Guys, I think I'm going to let you down because. I, the internet thing, I don't give a shit about a little bit. You know what it made me think about was uh, a movie that I don't think is very good. Wreck-It Ralph. And It's uh, the second Wreck-It Ralph. It's Ralph Breaks the Internet that you're insulting right now. <laughs> I I think that, I'll say this. I got Matrix vibes from this. Also, I think, ooh, yeah. do you think they Wreck-It did Ralph a Matrix. What's that? Don't you dare say you don't think Wreck-It Ralph is good. I know you're saying that to troll me because I love Wreck-It Ralph and I put it in my top 10 Disney movies of all time. Yeah. But Max is trolling me with that and you do think Wreck-It Ralph is good. It's a fine movie. Thank you. Um, I got Matrix vibes. I, there's a hard reference to Matrix where all the like, cat, like filing cabinets in the Matrix come barreling toward the screen and this happens again right uh this feels very matrixy it does feel a little bit of like how we see the internet personified in later films i i actually don't care what i care is that this sequence exists at all we don't need it i i don't i don't want her personified as data she is a fucking hologram she is like what she what is happening in this scene like it's not even about the like the this interpretation of the internet this feels very similar to many interpretations of the internet we've had what i have issue with is that it exists at all in this movie this is the thing that i would find on the cutting room floor right all you need to do if you want to keep any of this at all is just say she got emailed to sam because the impetus is roscoe goes to meet sam all we need is those two characters to be in the next scene together. But yeah. the thing is, Alan, Max, if you cut the internet scene, uh-huh. we're completely cutting the role of Jeffrey Scott Jones. Holy shit. Who plays the faceless email worker? <laughs> oh my God. Uh-huh. In this scene. And, you know, he's done a lot of good work, like the time he was an uncredited submarine gunner. Oh, gee. In the curious case of Benjamin Button. Wow. And uh, I think you probably know that the star as Benjamin Button is Brad Pitt. I do know that. Yeah. Uh, Brad Pitt also played Jack Conrad in a film called Babylon. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, alongside uh, a character named Nellie Leroy, played by Margot Robbie. Uh-huh. She's very uh-huh. topical right now because she's born. Yeah, she is. Uh, The greatest movie of the 21st century. I don't think that's too bold of a claim. Also, a little asterisk right there. uh, America Ferreira makes a gotta kick it up joke in Barbie. Really? I know you guys haven't seen it yet. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I swear to God, it's a gotta kick it up joke. Okay. Do you think the director listens to the pod? Greta, get on here. Get on the show. Uh, Just broke the record for the uh, largest box opening weekend of a woman-directed film. We love to see it. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so yes, Margot Robbie is, of course, Barbie. Um, she plays alongside Ryan Gosling, who is just Ken. Um, but Ryan Gosling, the first time I ever knew who he was is when he played Alan uh, in Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan! Yeah, his dad gets mad that Coach Yost takes him out. And speaking of Coach Yost, played by Will Patton, oh. who in 1998's hit film Armageddon plays Chick. 
Of course. Yes, he does. And uh, when you've got a space flick, you're going to get the military involved, which means we have General Kimsey, who is played by Keith David in Armageddon. Keith David, you both know his voice because he is one Dr. Facilier in The Princess and the Frog. Don't you derogate or deride. And uh, that princess, Princess Tiana, Anika Nani Rose, uh, makes an appearance, of course, in Princess and the Frog, but also a little cameo in Ralph Breaks the Internet. One of, truly, no cap, one of my favorite Disney scenes of all time is when all the princesses are together and Ralph Breaks the Internet talking to Vanellope, which of course means Belle is there. Mm -hmm. Belle voiced by the lovely Paige O'Hara in Beauty and the Beast. Uh, a, a lovely character in Beauty and the Beast. You have Cogsworth, who's also the narrator. I don't know if I'm mean, sure you guys know that, but not everybody knows. Uh, mm-hmm. They were both voiced by David Ogden Steers. I love David Ogden Steers, and he is lovely. But he does play one of my least favorite television characters of all time, <laughs> Major Charles Emerson Winchester. Yes, on Mash. Oh, uh, really? You're going through Mash? I am going through Mash. Hey. He, yeah, uh, Major Charles, Major Charles Winchester on Mash, um, and in one episode of Mash, specifically season ten episode 12 there's a character private thomas anthony mckegney uh and he is played by brett cullen who in this movie plays xander roscoe's dad how about that oh yeah now that you say that i recognize his much younger self yep in that episode that was about a 20 plus year i think 24 years before 22 from that episode specifically that was close You've been Armageddon, the part of the show where Molly, by no one's urging, has found yet another way this decom can be tied to the smash hit Armageddon. Don't tell her to stop because she won't. I'm happy you went through MASH. I'm happy I went through Barbie. MASH is one of my favorite shows of all time. I don't know if mm. I've shared that on this podcast. It's a delightful show. Um, we still need to finish it. Well, I, I guess the internet scene is good for something, and that is the Armageddon. There you go. We can give it that. Again, uh, to support your point, Max, we just need Roscoe and Sam, our two leads, to be back together. Yep. What happens in the scene is that Roscoe appears and is like, Sam's been lost. Or not Sam. Roscoe appears like, Loretta's lost. And Sam's like, no, she's lost. That's crazy. What happens? Uh, plays dumb for a little bit. And then Sam confesses her feelings to Roscoe, gives him a little Mwah, smooch. And Roscoe stands there like a fucking idiot and doesn't say anything in response. How is this not a bigger moment? It should be so much. There needs to be more weight here because I watched this and I was incredibly uncomfortable. You have a confession scene. You have a a show of physical affection. Which is the thing that she can't give. The thing that Loretta can't give. Yes. And... I mean, amongst a lot of things, but like that's been the the line that we've drawn is that she can't be touched. And when Roscoe doesn't show any response, instead of trying to like dig into it more, Sam's like, I've got your program. Fine. Just get out. I'm done. Of course. Of course she does. Yeah. I wouldn't expect her to dig in more. No, no. It's it Fuck makes that me guy. so upset because. Being a teenager sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like to be a teenage boy, but I know there are times that being a teenage girl really, really sucks. I think it sucks. I think it the sucks board. across the board, but I yeah. can only relate to Sam in this instance. And she is so talented and so cute and like seems like a good friend. She's got all this stuff going for her. She's letting this little 
fucking idiot crush her self-esteem mm-hmm. which i do think is part of the teenage experience of like a hundred percent real you don't know your self-worth really and you let you have let external factors determine your self-worth and often that does come from a romantic mm-hmm desire and i remember um having crushes on people that weren't reciprocated but the idea of actually like kissing someone which at 16 is a big deal Mm -hmm. and then getting that reaction it is like soul crushing to watch for her Mm -hmm. and then we get the juxtaposition scene because sam has expressed physical affection loretta is now back in roscoe's possession roscoe takes her home and loretta's like I don't, I want to know what it's like to feel. So Roscoe begins to describe it to her in the wildest fucking way possible. Like, this fan fiction, <laughs> like softcore. He's like, dude, imagine your favorite music. It's like when somebody touches your hair, he caresses her. It's like, it, you know what it made me think of was that scene in uh, 10 things I hate about you. <laughs> <laughs> His turgid member. <laughs> His turgid throbbing. member. Yeah. Throbbing. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Uh, yeah, doesn't Embrace feel like a cello playing to you, Max? I, you know, Not I could have done without this whole scene, too. It hits home to Roscoe when he reaches forward to touch Loretta's face and he is met with light sparkles. And he says, did you feel that to Loretta? And she no. says, no, because I'm a fucking hologram, you dunce. Yeah. And this is when he goes, he goes, yeah, me neither. <laughs> fucking idiot he's like yeah, yeah, yeah adjusting his pants yeah he's yeah got yeah a, i definitely didn't i, didn't he, have I gotta he go a, for a second he's got a turgid member yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's sick he went six to midnight and he's like don't <laughs> don't look at me captain yeah. blue balls over here you still hologram. getting hard over a over a fucking light array and this is when he finally starts to process that Loretta isn't real and maybe, just maybe, he has feelings for the real girl who does like him. And I was I was at the television at this point being like, yes, you fucking idiot. This is how this is supposed to be. But I, I again, to Max's point from earlier, I don't know that he does realize he has feelings for her other than just like, oh, if this had been Sam, I could have acted actually touched you like it's yeah it's like it's i don't think i the, the movie does a bad job of ever having sam have a standout moment the movie shows roscoe settle yeah like and and i think this is also true musically yeah um i i think they do a horrible job of resolving the band too um it's just roscoe being like oh well if i can't have this i guess sam's enough it's it is a no, bonkers worth, bonkers bonkers setup. Yeah. Um Jeez Louise. I, I I I just was so over it at this point. And then we have uh what is now a, a much larger ethics question be posed by this film, which I think we, we mentioned at the onset of this podcast, where now we have Roscoe and dad Xander you said his name was Xander Mm -hmm. Roscoe and Xander dude what names being uh, taking Loretta to harsh stone records harsh tone records I should say not harsh stone and they're there with uh, defib and defib's boss and Xander's boss and they have in a closed door session decided that guess what Loretta is now under our ownership we own Loretta Mm mm-hmm And we are going to 
and I say this verbatim, exploit the one we've got. Yep. Referencing Loretta, her nature as a hologram, as a pop star. And the entire goal of the two capitalists in this scene, the sort of leaders and titans of industry, is to have a perfect worker that they don't have to pay, that they don't have to feed, that they don't have to house, that they don't have to clothe, that they can just make money off of. Yeah. Yeah, Loretta actually says it before the negotiation even starts, where DFib comes out and he's like, yeah, we have to, you know, he's talking about his own journey and the deal he had made with the record company. And even though his first album went double platinum, he didn't see any of it because the record label got most of it. And she says, like, I'm so glad I, have to, I don't have to worry about things like money. And I was like, yep, that's why we're here. And I'm like, it is wild. Nineteen and a half years later, moment in time. SAG and the WGA are both currently striking and it's not all about AI, but part of it is. Mm -hmm. And the conversation around using AI to copy someone's likeness, to copy someone's voice that you could essentially pay that a studio could pay uh, an actor for a day of work and own their likeness as a background actor in perpetuity. And they never see any profit or credit or even get told ever again because like this is happening right now there's been a bunch of on that same note there's a lot of conversation around using ai to generate actors that are no longer with us Mm -hmm. um using their voices or their likeness for films i'm forgetting what's coming out but there was a uh something i read with robin williams and it was like robin williams uh oh i i know what it is um there's a series i don't think it's out yet where the genie and olaf are interacting with each other Mm. and there's a lot of controversy around it because they're using robin williams i don't know what tech they use but there was a uh, apparently robin williams said i don't want to be used once i'm gone Mm. and so there's this controversy of like well they are are they splicing together old clips is it unreleased clips is it ai i don't know but like same conversation of like they're using something like he's he's gone yeah the, I, sorry go ahead Alan. it's just the eth- the fact that we're having this conversation around the ethical implications of utilizing something either posthumously or without the knowledge or frankly consent of the parties involved like that's that's very much beyond its time in this in this particular movie yeah i think that's the thing that strikes me so much is that in terms of projecting a forward future and suggesting a technology and then projecting what those conversations would look like, maybe it's obvious, but man, did they, they just hit it right on the head. Like, and, and it is weird timing wise that we are currently in the midst of a double union strike in the television film industry because of this very topic. And again, that's not all of it. That's only one of the factors that they're talking about, but AI is a big topic of conversation in terms of creation with these studios. And um, obviously this is musician. It's different, but uh, it's very interesting. And I, I was, I was struck while watching it of like, God damn. Yep. You nailed it. And it's it to your point. I'm sorry to interrupt, but to your point, Max, the way you see, 
these sort of titans of industry handle their end of the conversation is next to identical to what we're seeing play out now where they're like, we'll set up a task force on the ethics of holograms. But in the meantime, she's ours. I, I also think another branch of this is, and I've seen this from artistic friends and creator friends and, uh, people using things like a lot of people right now use like AI to generate art and things like Mm -hmm. that. The, even though that is not the likeness of someone else. And even though it's not taking the work someone else did or their face or anything, the implication that could have on human artists on human musicians of like, if we can just create holograms of musicians, do we even need musicians? If we can just create hologram of actors, do we even need actors? So I think that's the big question too. Cause I've seen people be like, please don't use AI art, like hire a graphic designer to make the thing you want, like employ a person. Right. Uh, So I think that question, because they say, Oh, we can make her black. We can make her Latina. We can make her uh, Japanese. She can, she can appeal to everyone because we can just make whoever we want. And it's like, you should invest in an actual Japanese artist and not just make a robot Japanese artist. Well, and, and again, the the part of the, that the movie misses is, and and this is true the whole time, is that the movie misses Sam, right? And that is that the argument in this room is Roscoe arguing for Loretta's individuality Crazy. and her feelings as a robot when what he should be arguing for is the credit of the songwriting of the human person that actually created this music. And to your point, Molly, it it shouldn't be an argument of like the AI has feelings and deserve. It should be like the, the humans that can are creating this should get the credit that they deserve. And in this moment, there should be arguments for Sam, who is the one creating all of the music that this person is recording. And yes. stupid Roscoe is still more concerned with his hologram. And with his zeros and like, ones it's, is it's, all she is. And, and also, this is when I think of WandaVision again. You know the scene in WandaVision where she's looking down on dead Vision and his body's all broken up and... I didn't like the guy. Obviously, he's terrible, but he's like, he's nothing but vibranium and wires and like, he's very valuable. He's ours. Yeah. And like, in that moment, I was like, he's right. He is a robot person that you're in love with. And that's how I feel right now. Like, obviously, these music titans are terrible. They are not thinking ethically. They're being greedy. Of course. Terrible. But when they're like, when they say like, we own her, she's a program. I'm like, that is factually correct. Factually correct. That is true. My issue issue is totally in the way the movie positions Roscoe. Yeah. And once again, that it's making me, it's trying to make me sympathetic to zeros and ones and not putting forth the actual artist and the human. And it's furthering our point of Roscoe doesn't actually give a shit about Sam. Correct. Again, that singular change in this movie, Roscoe advocate advocating for a human makes this twice makes this movie watch i shouldn't say watchable makes this movie significantly better yeah and 
like Sam is his friend. Has been his friend for six. I'm not years. sure she is. Well, yeah, <laughs> he doesn't uh, treat her like a friend. He does not yeah, treat her yeah. very well. The movie tries to tell us that Sam is his friend and romantically interested in him. But even if he wasn't romantically interested in her as his friend, he should be standing. Agreed. 100%. Agreed. So he fights for um, a program. And then his dad also joins in the fight because he wants to support his kid. I'm cool with dad joining in the fight. I don't fucking need Daryl Fibbs to join in the mm-hmm. fight. Just let Daryl Fibbs be a music producer. Like he, he like helps them sneak away and like helps him. And he's like, Oh, I wish the record deals hadn't taken money from me. And it's like, I don't fucking need this. Like, and the ultimately Fibbs lets Loretta upload herself back into the internet. And she goes on an internet joyride because reasons and while that occurs sam is left in a dilemma because you know she's a real life human person who actually creates songs and sings (laughs) and now has to play a gig and she has to play a gig without the fake front woman who's been up there the whole time but not before we have a ridiculous unnecessary conflict and shoving match between roscoe a 16 year old boy and defibs a grown-ass man once again, why is a child allowed in contract negotiation? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know at all. It's just why, bananas. Why did we need the defibs thing? Okay, we, I, we, uh, we, I uh, think the defibs has to, I think in the writing room, defibs has to stand up because you need defibs to be on their side and in the final scene of the movie so that you see that defibs is recognizing the talent of sam he is now going to establish his own label and that we're going to see him sitting in the crowd groove into sam in the final scene so that we see she's going to get the success that she should get it all it's okay i'm going to rewrite it real quick um Roscoe gets home. He's a computer genius. He has backed up Loretta. He shuts down the program in uh, the record room and he makes her come to him because he can do that because he's a computer genius. Defibs later is looking for Loretta, but then finds Sam performing and is so surprised by Sam, the actual author and writer of the music, he founds, uh, he's he's changed by Sam's writing. We don't need this subplot of Defibs giving Loretta a choice because she's a computer. She would not understand what choice is. She Correct. wouldn't make a choice. We don't need another into the internet scene. Correct. Correct. I mean, you can even cut out Loretta entirely. She's been removed. The program's gone. And now Roscoe just has to deal with a failure. The the end of this movie would be better without her. Agreed. Because let's talk about the end of this movie. Up until now, you might be thinking to yourself, wow, this movie's been pretty wild. Guess what? It's about to go the fuck off the rails. Because we have... In honor of this week, it jumped the shark. It, boy, oh boy, did it jump the shark. I was about that earlier. It's about Uh shark exploitation. It's a movie about how the fear of sharks, uh, the fear of the ocean combined with the success of Jaws created a subgenre of film called shark exploitation. It's very interesting. It's on Shudder if anyone wants to listen or watch it. Cool. But they showed that Fozzie clip. Ah. Yeah. Nice. Sam has to be the front woman. Loretta's not there. And Sam has been practicing in one scene dancing because she was angrily watching Loretta dance before. She puts on a blonde wig, goes out to be the front woman. Her mom, Sam's mother, plays the guitar in, in Sam's stead. And about halfway through the concert, which is going okay, despite Sam falling a little bit on the stage, Sam attempts to do a handstand for reasons and... In slow-mo, falls off the stage mid-performance and is 
knocked unconscious for so long like it's almost comatose fall is crazy bananas i thought all that was gonna happen was her wig was gonna fall off which it does after she eats it but so much more and it's in slow-mo she she biffs it it's crazy now crowd all moves they don't try to help her yeah they're just like no. whoa let her fall they to should ground. catch her look at that oh no so she is rushed to the hospital in the middle of the hospital scene roscoe receives an email and who should pop out of the email but loretta who's like i've been to japan club hopping and everybody's like fuck you loretta because thank god somebody said it and Loretta's like, Sam's injured. By the way, there's only been conflict between Loretta and Sam up until this point. The fact that Loretta is attempting to, and I put in quotes, show compassion is wild in this moment. But it's not nearly as wild as what happens next. Loretta runs into the hospital room where you've got Sam, Roscoe, Sam's mom and dad. So we, <laughs> there, we've got Sam hooked up to an EEG. And Loretta's like... she hit her head? Yes. Yeah. They're monitoring brain activity. After a little bit of research, this is this is used like in a variety of methodologies. Uh, I think primarily is like coma. Mm-hmm. Um, and Loretta's like, I'm going to go into the EG and figure out what's happening. How is the hologram? D- dude, entering I, a computer? Please, we got we to gotta get through the sequence of wild shit, I, Max. Okay, nothing, uh, nothing about this is going to make any goddamn sense. Not Let's in the slightest. That. That's true. Let's, not even going to worry about it. It's not worth it. Because no. Because this shit is so bad. It's I don't even want to fucking crazy. Let's let's just we're let's not going to be able to try and make it. Let's sense, outline yeah. it bullet point styles. We'll get back to it. OK, I'm going to take it. Up I don't want to come back to it. Yeah, let's, let's just, just explain. Let's what just happens. hit it. All right, let's hit it. <laughs> Loretta enters the EEG. It's the EEG, right? EEG enters the EEG. You watch her travel between multiple wires into Sam's brain into Sam's brain where she finds Sam seated on a deserted cloudscape with a desert cracked floor on the bottom and Sam looking is, like the woman from the ring yes like, <laughs> Sam's like her foggy. fucking like hair is stringy and hanging in front of her face and she's grayed out like a zombie she's the girl from the ring and she's crying over a broken guitar and Loretta walks up and is like Sam Sam, I can fix that. And Loretta reaches down and waves her hand over the guitar and it becomes a new guitar again. She sets it in Sam's comatose arms and then like puppeteers <laughs> Sam's hands over the head to allow Sam to strum a chord. And as it does, the entire landscape around it's Sam like changes. fucking Coco now where strumming the chord of the guitar changes, changes the color and butterflies and trees. And then, and so now it's been restored. Loretta and Sam are together in this jungle paradise. And they both... Sam's brain. Of Sam's brain. And they both begin to flicker because guess what? You can't have two brains in one body. But there's not two brains. Two brains. It's a hologram. It's a hologram and a human. But a Apparently, they can't both occupy the same body. But what we get is... <laughs> but you can have the hologram take over the body yep. for a little Loretta bit. T- Bro, what the Loretta, fuck is that? Loretta takes over the body. Hold on, we gotta get through it. I'm in tears. Loretta takes over the body. Then she starts to puppeteer the body. And the mom and dad are naturally concerned. Like, what the fuck? Are we gonna get Sam back? And she's, got, Loretta here? she's got Loretta's voice. And she's like, Roscoe? And like, okay, uh, okay, but here's the thing. 
<laughs> I can't, dude. <laughs> yeah. She even says, like, it's only for a little while. Yeah, but here's the thing. I'm going to borrow your body for a bit. If Loretta... <laughs> if Loretta takes Sam's body... Where's sure. Sam? In what world does Roscoe choose Sam? I don't know. Like, because that's what happens, right? Loretta takes Sam's body and mind, right? Which Sam's parents are confused, but seemingly okay with. <laughs> and then she's like, it's fine. It's just temporary. I need to go feel the rain. And so she gets up and just leaves the hospital bed. They wouldn't allow that. Roscoe takes her outside without the parents. Uh-huh. To stand and dance in a thunderstorm. Yep. And then Roscoe's like, where's Sam? I want her back. That's not a choice he's made this whole movie. No, he would be like, can this can happen you forever? You can just, can you just be you? But in a body I can have sex with? <laughs> Better yet, can you look like the old version of you Right, somehow? can we change you? Like, oh, oh, we get that though. We get it. We see that happen. Because even after Roscoe says no... I want Sam back. I love her with her imperfections. I And this is when he mentions actual love. Like, I love her with her imperfections, and I want those imperfections back. Soretta goes out into the rain and twirls. And as she twirls, you watch her image shift as if she is both Loretta and Sam. And then she gets struck by lightning. <laughs> Now, now, listener, I think that you might have, you're like, wait, what did Alan just say? I'm going to say it again for you. Sam gets fucking struck by lightning in this moment. And after the lightning, again, the lightning strikes Sam. We watch a, a ghost Pokemon leave her body. <laughs> So it's kind of like at the end of Harry Potter when Voldemort hits Harry with the Avada Kedavra, but he doesn't kill Harry. He kills the part of himself. Yes. He kills the Horcrux part of his own soul. The lightning strike doesn't kill Sam. No. It kills the hologram. Uh -huh. Yes. But the hologram's not dead. We're not going to, because as Roscoe helps Sam up and they embrace in the rain and her hospital gown out in the rain, and now the parents have arrived because, of course, they have. Roscoe turns and looks to the lightning lake in sky and sees staring back at him the goopy face spirit of a lightning hologram and he's like I know somewhere out there there she still exists and then hard cut just hard cut zero fucking explanation to a concert an acoustic concert yeah Sam is now performing seemingly no explanation as to why she's now good enough to perform she's not dancing but the club owner is very happy she's there. Defib is there. She's performing with the band. Everyone loves it. We don't know why. We've never seen them love her for her. They've only loved her when Loretta was there. But now she's by herself. Except that when they finish performing, Dude. Roscoe goes up mm -hmm. and congratulates her on the performance. Mm -hmm. Gives her a smooch. Mwah. Gives her a kiss. And talks about how nice her harmonies were, which her bandmates then say, that wasn't us. And he looks up to see the ghost of Loretta. 
<laughs> the hologram. Who has saying with her, which proves that even after all of this, <laughs> Sam's still not good enough without Loretta's help. I... And by the way, listener, end movie. Finn. That's it's it. over That's now. That's how it ends. Thank God. And here we are. That is the end of Pixel Perfect. And I... God, it went off the rails at the end there. I just got to know what your ratings were. Uh, I think I went first last week. Uh, Molly. You know, I started with like a four. Uh, where uh. I was like, this isn't great. It's a little lower than average, but not terrible. But then the last like 15 minutes happened. Yeah. And I went down to a two. Yeah. Oh, wow. Because I think this, it goes so off the rails. Yeah. It's not even, not even (sighs) remotely made. It doesn't make sense the whole time, but then it goes bananas. Mm -hmm. And I also just think, fuck Roscoe. Yep. And Sam deserves so much more. And I just feel like, Disney Channel had a great chance to make a very good, compelling movie about how you don't have to be perfect and we are all perfect in our imperfections and our uniqueness and blah, 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 blah. And I think that would have been a very good movie. And they had the bones to make that. Yeah. And then they didn't. And then they did exactly what you just said, Max, which is even at the end, you still need Loretta. Yep. I want to pause just for a second in the rating because I just saw something interesting. Molly, did you know that Leah Pipes, who plays Samantha, plays a character on 911? Uh-huh. Her name's Molly. I didn't know that. I just looked quickly that saw she was in yeah. 911. Anyway, I thought that was fun. Neither here nor there. Max, what's your rating? I agree with everything Molly said. Giving it a 2.7. Huh? And that 0.7 is because of how well they uh, predicted something that's happening today. And I think that if... We had watched this movie six months ago. I would feel similarly, but not as specifically as this moment in time in which we are watching this film um, and how real a lot of these conversations are feeling throughout most of this movie. I oh wait, not actually throughout maybe the first half of this movie until I looked and said, like, how long has this thing been on? It's feeling slow. I was like, this is an average decom. Mm. I'd have it live in the five space. But man, do I think that they just... In the back half, everything from having Loretta go into the internet, over-investing in Loretta, not having Roscoe stand up for the human in the contract negotiations, to the absolutely bonkers last 15 minutes, it only took a nosedive. And so 2.7 is where it lands for me. I'm going to echo that sentiment. I, again, thought it was average for a minute, and then the back half of the film just imploded. I give it a 2.5 entirely for Sam. Conversations about AI and everything are great. I think that adds some some layers to the film. But if I'm judging the film based on like, and I'm going to include that in my rating, right? But if I'm thinking about it just from the where the film sits, the only reason I'm giving it that high of a rating is because I like Sam as a character. I wish they had given her more screen time. Actually talented as a character, not recognized and has enough plot that if they had invested in it, it would have been a good movie in its own right and we didn't need any of that other nonsense. I think it could have been a six. 
Oh, easy. You know what I mean? Like a, a few tweaks. I, I thought it was going to be a five for a while. Yeah. Right in the middle. Yeah. That's where I was for a lot of this film mm. until about the halfway point. And, yeah. the, and then the fat joke knocked it to a four. Mm-hmm. And oh, then the, yeah. uh, that's where it all started. Then the percentages Just, thing kept dropping. Mm, everything kept dropping. And then, and then the yeah. last 15 minutes was like, yeah, splat. Well, let me read you this uh, individual's review from okay. IMDb. The title of this review is, I don't like it anymore, and I will tell you why. Oh, sure. Okay. Me too. The reasons why I don't like this movie anymore are, one, the plot made no sense. Roscoe makes a beautiful holographic rock star, falls in love with someone who isn't real, and then ends up going with his best friend. I'm sorry, but haven't we all heard that story somewhere before? Number two, this is minor, but the name Sam is really starting to get on my nerves. That's- <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> it says on here that her name is Samantha, but they call her Sam. Disney needs to take that name and shove it right out the window. They use it way too much as a girl name. Pick better names. I love the name Sam as a girl for the record. What a good critique of this film. Yeah. N- number three, the acting. The acting was okay, but wasn't the greatest. Ricky Ullman is one of the worst I have ever seen. Actually, I've seen a lot worse, but he's up there. <laughs> <laughs> They're like walking back their own review. Yep. They're like, I know I'm being hyperbolic. <laughs> Number four, the kissing. Yes, there were two parts where Sam and Roscoe kiss. Can you say wimpy? They were not cute nor sweet. They were one second each and totally lame. They did they were not like, tongue each other down. <laughs> and I was mad. <laughs> they were like two eight-year-olds kissing. Overall, this film wasn't very good. I, I mean, they, they were convincing teenagers having kisses for the first time. They did not tongue fuck each other and I did not like it. Uh, they gave this a five out of ten. That is too high. I agree. Yeah. But I mean, especially they were very harsh on the rating to give it a five out of 10. That feels like a lot of these. You would think this overuse of the name Sam would bring it down a little bit. (laughs) I would give it another I would give it a five, but I'm giving it a one because I hate the name Sam. That's right. Samantha's a dumb girl name, especially if they call it Sam. Sorry, any listeners who are named Samantha. That's the opinion of this reviewer, not of... Not yeah, of the for the record... For legal reasons, this does not reflect the, the opinions of Mamscore. Yeah, no, for the record, I genuinely like the name. I like um, kind of flopping, swapping names. Like, I like when... Flopping, swapping names. Good flopping, swapping. I like the old flop swap. Name. Don't you like the flop swap? I, like, I like I, in Stranger... You know I do. You know, <laughs> like in Stranger Things, how one of the female characters is Max. Right, true. Yeah, the old flop swap. The old flop swap. All righty. Well, that brings uh, Pixel Perfect to a close. Up next, we have Going to the Mat, which is a return of Andrew Lawrence. Oh. Not going to lie, I'm a little disappointed it's about wrestling and not gymnastics, which is what I thought it would be when I first read the title. I the, do love a, a an obscure, more obscure sports thing. You know I do too, so I'm excited yeah. about that, but uh, I wish it was gymnastics. Yeah, uh, well, it's not. It's it's wrestling, and it's Andrew Lawrence. And welcome back, the Lawrence brother. Well, Andrew Lawrence, I think, has been by volume in the majority of the decoms that we've seen. Right? Like, he's, this will be his fourth. Uh, I mean, of the one, Lawrence two, three, brothers, he's four, certainly yeah, the fourth. one who's made the most appearances. Yeah, correct. It's also um, Wayne Brady's in this movie. Oh, oh, well, that'll be fun. Yeah. Wow. Uh, now I've got high hopes. Mm, okay. I want to temper those. <laughs> Have you seen this? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. Well, I just you know, don't want to go in too high because you know it could. I mean, after Pixel Perfect, though, we can we can we can elevate a. I'm gonna have some hope. I'm gonna have uh, some hope. Okay. <sighs> if only I hope they're not dashed. 
In the meantime, folks, thank you so much for listening. Please be sure to rate and review the podcast wherever it is you get your pods. It really does help us out. Be sure to follow us on all of our socials. And if you'd like to join in the conversation about the episode, please find us on our Discord. We'd love to have you there. But until next time, friends, when we talk about going to the mat next week, we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.